Every Canadian city has its own crime. Gangs of Montreal is the first in a national post-media podcast series called The Dark North. Listen to how the two biggest gangs, the Hells Angels and the Rizzuto crime family, ruled the city's underworld starting in the late 1970s. They've left hundreds dead and injured and countless more afraid of crossing them. Hosted by Montreal Gazette crime reporter Paul Cherry, new episodes of The Dark North are released each Monday. Listen to The Dark North on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher today. Controversial hockey commentator Don Cherry found himself out of a job after comments critical of newcomers not wearing poppies. The firing created its own firestorm of controversy. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. Postmedia National Sports columnist Scott Stinson walks us through the fallout and what it says about hockey and us as a country. Don't forget you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your audio, and we'd love it if you could leave us a rating and a review. So Scott, you know, most people in Canada already know what happened to Don Cherry, but for the few people who may be listening who have been out of the country or, uh, you know, on a self-imposed social media exile, just break down really quickly what exactly happened with Don Cherry over the last few days. Okay, so on Saturday night in his regular coach's corner uh, spot on Hockey Night in Canada, he went off at the end on a bit of a side tangent, as he has been known to do. Uh, and particularly this time of year, he usually does something on uh, veterans around Remembrance Day. And this time he took some of that time to point out that there were people that he didn't think uh, were wearing enough poppies. And in the course of that discussion, he specifically used language like you people who he sees around places like downtown Toronto and Mississauga. Uh, you come here and you enjoy our milk and honey and our way of life, but you don't want to you know, wear a poppy basically is what he was saying. So uh, pretty quickly, that was, uh, you know, recognized for what it was, which was discriminatory comments. Um, he was uh, fired on Monday morning after his co-host Ron McLean had apologized and after Sportsnet had apologized, but he had not. And the last couple of days, um, it's kind of been the fallout of that with a lot of people feeling that he was hard done by and uh, justifying his comments and saying they were taken out of context and several other sort of uh, angles. And it seems, having said all that, that that nothing of this story is really going to change at this point. I, uh, I think he's going to stay fired and I think Coach's Corner is done. So you don't think that any of the petitions that are out there are, are really going to catch anyone's heart of fire and, and uh, someone's going to welcome him back to the airwaves? Uh, I mean, somebody might, uh, whether it is, uh, you know, there might be a broadcaster or a podcaster or a radio station out there that is quite happy to give Ontario platform to share his thoughts on hockey and other things. But I would be super surprised if at this point Sportsnet had any intention of bringing him back, partly because now he's he's going around saying, you know, I, I, I don't know how to say it, Dave, other than to say that he's he's not being honest about what he said on Saturday night and what his intentions were and what he said. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that he's kind of put himself in a position now where he's go on on every media tour he can to kind of complain about his treatment. And that doesn't seem very likely to lead to uh, the mending offenses with Sportsnet. 
Right. Uh, you know, I saw one interview clip, I think it was with CTV, where he talked about how he shouldn't have said you people. He should have said everybody. Like he had, he admitted in at least that right. interview that maybe I said the wrong thing. He didn't necessarily apologize. He just said, look, yep. I, maybe I said the wrong thing. I should have said uh, everybody. Has he said other things to other broadcasters? Like, is, does the story change as as days go by? It seems like he's he's done enough interviews that I, I have heard variations of him saying he offered to apologize. I've heard other people report uh, quite specifically that he has said he won't apologize because he didn't say anything wrong. Um, I, I, as you say, there was that interview where he said, I shouldn't have said you people. I've seen him say, I didn't mean to single out immigrants. I've seen other interviews where he've said, yes, I, I meant immigrants, but it could have been anyone. It could have been Scottish immigrants. It could have been Irish immigrants. Like, so it's, it's a little all over the map. I think if you want to, if you're looking to defend, uh, him there, he's given you several versions of, of what was said and what he intended to say. So you can kind of pick and choose, uh, the one you like, but none of the dissembling in the days that have followed have, have, uh, I think properly explained what he said on Saturday, which was pretty clear what his intentions were. I mean, in the full context of those comments, um, he was talking about how the people he sees in, in urban places like Toronto and Mississauga are different than the people he sees in small town places because uh, those people wear poppies like good Canadians. And I mean, it doesn't take a great leap to infer what he's getting at there, which is that in small mm -hmm. town Canada, it's a lot you know, whiter and in urban Canada, it's less so. And so, you know, the fact that he sort of wants to pretend, well, that's not what I meant. I don't know. It seemed pretty clear. That's what you were saying. And, and I just add to all this, Dave, he, he hasn't apologized still. Like he's, he's apparently suggested he was open to apologizing at some point, but like, it's not hard. Like he's been given all mm -hmm. these different platforms to say, I'm, I'm sorry if my words were taken a certain way. Like he's mostly said, I said what I said and I stand by it. So that's where we are. Now, I know everybody in Canada or most people in Canada know who Don Cherry is, but they may not have watched Coach's Corner over the years. So they may have heard Don Cherry uh, peddling his old Rock'em Sock'em videos. They may have seen him uh, in TV commercials. Right. They may have seen him uh, in relation to uh, causes that he liked to represent, including including uh, supporting our troops and, and veterans. A lot of people have talked about that this it kind of was a long time coming for Don Cherry. Why is that? Well, he's been, uh, you know, part of the appeal of Coach's Corner was that he said what he thought and it was unfiltered and you got the full Don Cherry experience on whatever the topic happened to be. And, you know, he complained about French Canadians were, too many French Canadians were visors. He uh, complained about, uh, a junior hockey team hiring a Finn. Like, why wouldn't they hire a Canadian? Mm -hmm. He mocked his name as sounding like dog food. <laughs> um, he said as recently as 2013 that women shouldn't be in locker rooms as journalists. You know, there's, it's it's a long list of uh, of things he has said, and and one of the reasons why Don, why Coach's Corner and Don Cherry were kind of like appointment viewing for a long time was because. You did not know what he was going to say, and he was he was so confidently outspoken and never really punished beyond uh, the odd sort of complaint um, that I think he kind of felt bulletproof. And and over time, I got to say, I think the shock value kind of wore off, and and people weren't really that 
riveted to what Don Cherry might have to say because he became notably outdated in his thinking, not just about um, non-hockey issues, but about hockey issues and fighting and and violence in the sport and things like that. And and frankly, whether or not a Russian could win a Stanley Cup. Like there were so many things that kind of indicated that the game had passed him by that I don't think, I think a much smaller group of hockey fans really felt that he was the voice of the country on this thing anymore. Although there still is that group of fans out there who, who are, you know, saying in the last 48 hours that only Don Cherry was, you know, the guy who was willing to tell it like it is. Was that in relation to hockey or in relation to more than just hockey? I mean, like you look <laughs> at some of the things that he's talked about in relation to both. hockey and I love watching hockey. You know, I, I coach, help coach my son's hockey team. But, you know, the idea that is specifically some of his comments around fighting and concussions in the game, and and he basically accused former enforcers who basically went against his view of what hockey should be, tough fighting, big hits. Right. He called them turncoats and pinkos. And, but I think a lot of people are getting the sense that that's not what they want out of hockey anymore. Is it? I mean, as someone who's co- who covers the game, what do you get the sense of what people want out of the NHL? Look, the reality is there are still people who enjoy fighting. Um, the, on the very rare instances that you see it happen now, you still get the automatic reaction of people cheering because all of a sudden two guys have dropped their gloves. But I think uh the the you know strong majority of hockey fans are aware that it has health consequences and that you know these these guys that there was especially there was kind of an epidemic a few years ago where there was a number of ex fighters who had committed suicide and whether it was uh, concussion related or whether it was just pain management from the fact that that's a job where you're basically smashing your fists on somebody's helmet um, often for for parts of the game. I think that the sort of general outlook on fighting is that it has deservedly been more or less legislated out of the game. And you only have to watch playoff hockey where fighting never happens or Olympic hockey when you have the best players in the world playing each other. And like that's the best the game can offer and it doesn't mm-hmm. include fighting. So I think... When I say, you know, there was still there's still sort of that red meat section of the fan base that wishes things were like they were in the old days when Scott Stevens was knocking guys unconscious with blindside hits and and the Broad Street bullies were getting in in line brawls. Um, Mostly, you know, he kind of Don Cherry was kind of still wistful for those days. And I think most of hockey fandom and certainly the league in the league offices had moved on. Now, what do you make of the people who since Don Cherry was fired ha- have came out and basically said, you know, this is a travesty. He was, har- he, he was done wrong. It, it violates his freedom of speech. Um, he, you know, or, or to the, the other end of things, and I'm sure you've gotten emails to this effect is Don Cherry is just telling it like it is. And, and there are people out there who come to Canada and they should do what we do. Um, and if they don't, they're, they're not fully assimilated. What do you make of, of those responses that you're, you're getting or you're seeing in the few days since the firing? Well, to be honest, some of it's kind of bewildering because, you know, the art, this freedom of speech argument makes zero sense at all. That's like 
<laughs> freedom of speech doesn't include the right to say whatever you want and be paid for it by a <laughs> national broadcaster and have no consequences for what you say. Like that's so you and I can't say whatever is. we like, want you right me- here, right now. And this is exactly yeah. right. We're having this conversation. I could say something here that would get me fired, yes. as could you. Assuming it ever gets published. <laughs> um, maybe we would have editors who would, who would catch that. But, uh, you know, that's the deal we all make in the media business is that, you know, you don't actually have carte blanche freedom of speech. So there's that. On the other thing, I get a lot of people, there's a lot of reaction, whether it's in my email inbox or on comment pages or uh, on social media, who are trying to sort of justify that, that that's what what people are inferring Don Cherry meant is not what he meant. And he's being done wrong because all he was trying to say was everyone should buy poppies or, uh, you know, support the troops. And, and it's, isn't it a shame that he's been fired for saying support the troops? Well, to my mind, I'm honestly not sure how much of that reaction is people being totally Mm. disingenuous and people who maybe don't kind of get the nuances and are just reacting emotionally to something like, it's pretty clear if you watch that original clip from Saturday night, what he was getting at. Like, I just, he talks in kind of a, you know, rambly way and the sentences aren't super clear, but he was talking about you people who come here and enjoy what we have and you ought to be more, you ought to show more respect. And like, it's quite clear he's Mm -hmm. talking about immigrants. So that, you know, that part of the reaction I don't really get. And then there is the other part where, which are people who are basically saying uh, he was right. Immigrants should fall in line and be more like the rest of us. And some people get mad at me when I say that's one of the reactions that is going on, but I'm I'm yeah. telling you, it's going on. I have emails. I have people who are saying that like flat out. Well, of course, you know, that's what immigrants should do. And and you go, man, like it's it's really been kind of depressing to see that there is this strain. Here we are in 2019 and there's a strain of people who feel like uh, the proper way for an immigrant to behave is to fall in line. And if you don't wear a poppy, then you're not a proper Canadian. And like, of course, supporting the troops is a good idea. And of course, you know, wearing a poppy is a nice sentiment. But the idea that you must do that, you know, that's a freedom of speech issue. Like, Yeah, it kind of goes against the idea that the people who fought in the two world wars and in subsequent conflicts on behalf of us did so uh, so we could enjoy the freedoms we have today. That's the the general argument. But one of those is the freedom of expression and freedom of speech. And the idea that one must pin a poppy on their lapel every November, while it again, it is a nice thing to do. It's something people should do, but it's not something necessarily people must do. And yeah. I think that's where the the conversation right. on that gets lost. Um, it I find this interesting, and I, you know I mentioned this to you when we when you picked up the phone, and and this comes amid this whole ongoing debate over like what is cancel culture and why do certain people get you know strung up on social media for saying or doing things that people find offensive. Uh, and it also comes on the heels of a group of writers at a sports online sports outlet, uh, quitting on mask because they were basically told by their bosses to stick to sports. Don Cherry, obviously well known for not necessarily sticking solely to sports. What do you make about kind of these divisions that we have, um, around, 
you know yeah it's here's what's interesting about the stick to sports um the way this has evolved is you mentioned deadspin so so that's an outlet that um you know when when it's new relatively new owners say sticks to sports what they mean is don't post things that are too liberal or too critical of Donald Trump or too anti-republican because there is a belief in some corporate offices particularly in the United States that sports fandom hues largely towards people who are conservative or right wing, you know, small C conservative, I mean. And so therefore when you state when a, when a journalist who might be more, uh, you know, center of the road, more progressive states a political uh, view on air, they're going to alienate their readership or their viewership or, or whoever happens to be consuming that particular sports media. ESPN in particular, you know, the biggest sports media company on this continent by a significant measure has in the last year or so moved to a policy of we don't comment on issues of the day unless they touch sports. And again, that seems to be a pretty clear signal of like, we, we just don't want to deal with the blowback if we are, you know, saying that Donald Trump shouldn't get angry at football players who kneel during the national anthem and, and that kind of thing. Don Cherry is actually the the rare instance of somebody not sticking to sports, but not stick, pardon me, not sticking to sports in a very, you know, quote unquote, conservative way. And um, so, yeah, he's been like now been kind of the fallen soldier in the culture wars where people want to rush and say he's just being, you know, this is just the leftist mob that's out to get him. Um, it's it's unusual in that it falls in this whole stick to sports debate, but it is it is particularly weird because it it, it is not typical of the other stories that have happened in that space. Well, it, it is also interesting that that I imagine a lot of the people who uh, are upset at Don Cherry's firing for talking about something that wasn't necessarily sports related might be among the political bent that would criticize the mm-hmm. deadspin writers for not sticking to sports. Like it is, there's been a lot of back and forth claims of hypocrisy. Those who say that that you know. Uh, Don Cherry should have been fired, but who didn't say that Justin Trudeau shouldn't have been reelected because of the blackface incidents. You know, there's been pointed out that hypocrisy, but there is the other element of hypocrisy in that people on the right who uh, get upset about people like the Deadspin writers might be more sympathetic to to Don Cherry. What has been right. most surprising to you out of all of this? As someone who covers sure. sports and who covers hockey, like, has there been any surprising reaction among players or or other sports figures, or or is something else about this story that kind of really took you by surprise? No, you know what actually I would say is surprising is that the end of Don Cherry and Coach's Corner as a thing, kind of like from a purely hockey broadcast standpoint, kind of has been a bit of a whimper. Like there is not a outpouring in. NHL locker rooms or amongst coaches or front office types or league officials, like people haven't sort of come out and all rushed out and said like, what are we going to do without coach's corner every Saturday night? (laughs) Because I think people have kind of like largely moved on. He's, he's not the, the relevant voice of hockey that he once was. And I think part of that is his own fault. Like he hasn't, you know, changed with the times. He's not exactly going to be out there explaining analytics or, 
offensive zone faceoff percentages or these kind of things. So I think in a weird mm-hmm. way, he kind of like um, he became outdated on his own. And and even though this has happened in this, you know, all of this media storm in terms of was he hard done by, like that's almost more of a political story than it is a sports story. It's the, all the, the outrage seems to be focused on this idea of a guy telling it like it is who gets taken off the air, not we're being denied a really important hockey commentator because I haven't seen anybody really saying that. Well, it has been a, definitely a, a wild week when it, when it comes to this story. Scott, thanks for your time. Okay, thanks, Dave. Have a good one. 10-3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Additional production and theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Scott Stinson. More from him at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.